The Supreme Court tells Maine to treat children fairly. Let parents choose the school they think is best. Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Together with you, we just won another Supreme Court victory, and we're going to talk about it today. Kelly Shackelford, of course, is President, CEO, and Chief Counsel here at First Liberty Institute. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Stuart. Good to see you. The case is Carson v. Macon. What did we win? Well, we won a major Supreme Court decision, um, sort of a mix between uh, school choice and uh, religious freedom, which is uh, you had a program that said, you can pick any school you want for your kids as parents, public or private, and even private schools out of state. Or out of country. Yeah. That was the part that made me go, really? But I guess if but you're in upstate Maine, you, you can go to do is pick a school that actually teaches something from a religious viewpoint. So Marx's viewpoint, okay. Um, you know, one of the great questions during the oral argument was Justice Alito. So a white supremacist school is okay. A CRT school is okay but a religious school's not okay. And that's just discrimination. That's what the court says. Discrimination, you can't do that. Yeah. There, there was a key sentence in there. I'm not an attorney. You are, so I'm going to ask you this one. Uh, it, I, it's a little wonky, but I think it captures the essence of this thing. It, it says a state cannot, quote, exclude some members of the community from an otherwise generally available public benefit because of their religious exercise. Yes. That sounds like that takes this beyond just schools in Maine. Am I reading it right? Absolutely. And that's what the other side is concerned about, that this could have greater implications, even in the school choice movement, which is going to be major uh, in that. I yeah. mean, you, you think of all the, the religious schools, or just take a church in a community where there's now school choice, where they couldn't be a part of it. Now they can, they can, schools can come into existence around the country, which allow parents more choices. But yeah, what you read is, look, when you have a program that says everybody gets a right to this benefit, except for you, that's a problem. Yeah. And that's what they were doing here. Um, you can't, that's like saying, yeah, we have a fire department and a police department, but we can't spend government resources, so we have to watch the church burn or we have to watch the robber go through the church door. We've never said that. That's not what we do. When we have a generally applicable program where everybody gets the right to the same coverage or benefits or whatever else, we don't discriminate against people on the basis of their religion. There were a couple of cases that, that got mentioned a lot in this decision. It's part of what we argued. One of them is Trinity Lutheran, which was just a real basic thing. It has to do with recycled tires, right? Yep, yep to do playgrounds. Uh, so they, they had a program where you got some funding uh, to, to do a, a safe uh, children's play area. But, oh, but not if you're a church. You can't do one. Yeah. And the Supreme Court said you can't do that. If you have a general program that's applicable to the, the general public, everybody gets to participate. Shredded tires are not yeah. religious. We don't look at people and go, wait, let, let me see what you believe, and we'll decide whether you get the benefits, because that's really irrelevant to the program. So, uh, again, what they did, tried to do here is say, they even said, now this is interesting, you can even be a religious school as long as you're not too religious. <laughs> because if you're too religious, then you're, quote, sectarian. So, I mean, it's creepy, the government looking into what you're teaching and saying, well, let's see what kind of viewpoint you're coming from. And, oh, wait, 
I think that's a little too religious in your viewpoint. But again, yeah. Marxist viewpoint's okay. Every other viewpoint's okay. It's obvious why this is discrimination, and you don't allow that. In and if I, if I understood that part of it right, it's the difference between saying I'm a Christian and acting like a Christian. That's right. That's where they were making it. It's, it's actually right. doing something because of that, right? Their main argument uh, was that, well, there's, there's all these cases that say that the government can't discriminate against you because of your status, that you are a Christian. But it's okay for us to discriminate on how you act or what you do. And the Supreme Court was like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> you know, you are a Christian because of not just what you believe, but what you do. And the idea is, ah, we caught you doing something Christian, we'll exclude you, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. The Supreme Court said, no, this is discrimination, it violates the free exercise clause, uh, it's unconstitutional. Now, you're dealing with this a little bit, I'd like to unpack it a bit more. Some Supreme Court cases are, are narrow, they, they deal with a very specific set of circumstances that may not come up very often. Uh, so it, it, it narrows it down to where just every now and then you're going to have to deal with this, and when you do, here's what you do. But this decision seemed to be written in a way by Chief Justice Roberts to instruct all of the courts across the country when these kinds of cases come up, and trust me, there are a lot of churches and religious organizations in this country, when these come up, here's how you treat these cases. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I mean, again, people could try to look at it narrowly and say, well, nobody has a program like Maine, but that's really irrelevant because the ruling says something very broad and something that will apply across the board. Number one, every school choice program currently in existence in the country, I mean, I've, I've seen by some measures it's 47. Yeah. If you look at cities and states, and in every program, no matter how they're constructed, if they allow the parents to choose, they cannot discriminate and exclude the religious uh, schools. So that's going to open up all, all kinds of opportunities as well as now passing school choice programs, knowing that everybody gets treated the same, maybe a lot more will open. Uh, so that's very broad, but I think this is also gonna apply, as you say, to other government benefits programs. If the government is trying to help uh, teens who are on drugs, and they've got a program that tries to help them, the idea of excluding the people who come from a religious viewpoint not allowed. That's discrimination. So yeah. we're going to see this go even broader. But the general principle is pretty clear. If you have a program that is trying to do something for the general public and is across the board open for everybody, you cannot exclude people because of religion. And that makes this a, a huge victory. I mean, we, we hear it, and it didn't get a lot of media coverage when it first came out, but now the media is talking about because I think everybody looked up and went, this has a broad impact that's going to hit all 50 states and everything else in a way that, that I don't know that most people saw coming. Absolutely. I mean, it, I think people immediately see the impact to parents because, like our clients, I mean, literally could not choose the school they wanted for their child with their own tax money right. because of this discrimination. I feel really bad for like the Nelsons and what, they, what they've been through. But, and so they focus on that and that's bad enough. But, and it's great that it was corrected. Yeah. But it's, it's even so much broader than the whole school choice movement. 
And I think we're going to see this case cited in the future uh, when those issues come up. I read news stories about this case. <laughs> and I won't name the naysayers, I mean, I, but I read some of the comments. And here's what they're calling it. I just I, I want to get your reaction. They called it, quote, an assault on the Constitution. <laughs> they said it's a, quote, radical ruling. They said it, quote, erodes the foundation of our democracy and harms students. So. I, I, we got their attention. I mean, yeah. it, it, people looked up and went, oh, oh, man, something changed here. How do you respond to that histrionic, over-the-top, wacky criticism? Well, it's, it's silly uh, because if you take the terms of what they're saying, it's the opposite of what they're saying, which is kind of the way seems, things seem to work these days, right? Yeah. It's harming children. It harms children to let parents choose what's best for their children. You know, I trust the parents to do a lot better decision-making than the government for my child. Yeah. And I think everybody believes that. I do, exactly. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it throws the, the Constitution, you know. No, this is applying the Constitution. Um, there are two religion clauses, an Establishment Clause and a Free Exercise Clause. The Establishment Clause says we don't want the government to establish a national church. Does anybody really think this is establishing a national church by creating a program that everybody, all parents get to choose what they want? Of course not. But it is a violation of free exercise to discriminate only against the religious people. So it totally follows the Constitution. My favorite, though, is the end of democracy. Yeah. Well, number one, we are not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. Correct. Okay. The founders hated the idea of democracy because they called it a mobocracy because people would just rush in a frenzy like the person who wrote those words <laughs> and say crazy stuff and everybody could lose their freedoms. Yeah. We have a constitutional republic and the First Amendment is kind of important and it protects the free exercise of religion and free speech. So this is everything the opposite of what this person is saying is the reality of what the decision did. Uh, on the decisions we've been seeing come down from the court this session, there's been a lot of shuffling of the justices. We tend to think of them as six that are, we think of in the, in the popular terms as conservative right. and three that are liberal. But we've seen them line up in a lot of different Absolutely. ways on decisions this term. This one, they did divide on those ideological grounds. It was 6-3. Uh, Justice Stephen Breyer, who's about to be retiring, uh, wrote the dissent on this one. And he says, allowing children to choose a religious school under this program is a violation, as you just said, of the Establishment Clause, that part about no law respecting establishment of religion. Doesn't the fact that the parents are making the choice answer that. Isn't that the key to this whole thing, is that the government's not choosing where the money goes, the parents are. It should. It should. But if you see what's animating Justice Breyer, it's, uh, it's really a public policy issue. It's not really the Constitution. And he, he admits it in his decision somewhat. And he did the same thing in the oral argument. His concern is strife. If we allow religion somehow to be in a program of choices, then it'll create strife. There's all these different religions, and there are people who are anti-religious, and they won't like it. Welcome and to America. Welcome to a free country. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He he's saying the very opposite of what Justice Roberts was saying, which is, look, when you have a program that's open to everybody, it's open to everybody. Yeah. Um, and Breyer doesn't like that. He he he's very uncomfortable with religion. Again, in his world, religion would all be private. 
everybody would stay in their own corners and there would be no marketplace of ideas that included religion. That's not what our Constitution sets in place. And, and the three, I should point out, were, were actually divided among themselves. Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote her own dissent about yes. part of the decision. And, and she made the case that the founders, she starts citing the founders, which I found interesting, tried to build into this nation the concept of separation of church and state. We're all tired of hearing that, but I want you to please, once and for all, unpack that. Did the founders build separation of church and state no, into our Constitution? No, you look in the Constitution. It never says separation of church and state. Uh, that phrase was pulled from a letter written by Thomas Jefferson over a decade after the Constitution was passed, so it's clearly not. What, what they're talking about is the Establishment Clause. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. What are they talking about Congress doing? Establishing a national church. Right. And saying you have to, they came from the Church of England. I was going to say, think of the Church of England. It yeah. would be like the Church of America. So, so looking at this, and and uh, Justice Sotomayor's comments. So, a program that allows parents to choose any school they want: Catholic, for their Protestant, secular, you know, all-girls school. Uh, you know, yeah. That is an establishment of a national religion. I mean, it's silly. It's not. And that's why they have to go to other terms like separation of church and state, which aren't in the Constitution. And even that term, they're not using it correctly. Right. The concept of separation is the institution of the church and the institution of the state. We don't want the government telling the church how to run its church. Again, none of that's involved here. We're talking about parents. Right. You know, choosing what's best for their kids. So th this... These arguments really don't hold any water, especially if you actually look at the words of the Constitution, which is what's so different about what's happening now with the justices. We have originalists on the court now, a majority. They think their job is to look to the original meaning of the text. That has not been done in 80 years. And that is causing us to go back to those founding principles. Very good. Our attorney, our colleague Leah Patterson, and also Keisha Russell, uh, went to Maine to find clients for this case and to help bring this about. I know Leah in particular has put a lot of hours Absolutely. in on this. So we took some time to chat with Leah and just ask her a couple of questions about this because I wanted to include her in this conversation today. Leah, you got to make that call the day the opinion came down to let the families know how it went. What was that call like? It was such a wonderful call to make after four years of working with these these wonderful families, and I'm so excited to see to see this case come to a victory. One thing I think that's important for people to understand, there are real families at the heart of this case. This will impact their lives directly as well as families all across Maine, and now we're learning across the country. What's ahead? What does this do? Well, you know, it's so impactful for our clients in particular because they couldn't afford to send their children to the religious school that they they wanted to choose because they they just didn't have the money that's going to make a difference for them and for families all across maine yeah. leah you are a brilliant attorney and you have skills that are remarkable you're really good at what you do but you choose to work at first liberty and to do religious freedom cases why is your heart in this well, I, you know, I knew when I went to law school that I wanted to use my career to make a difference, and this is what God called me to do. And, and faith is so important to me. I want everyone to enjoy that freedom. Yeah, one of the people, the sort of unsung heroes in this is Leah Patterson. Uh, she and Keisha Russell worked on this from the very beginning, but Leah was the one who has been carrying this case from day one all the way through, 
Um, she's a hero, and you won't see her name highlighted a lot, but uh, uh, she had a lot to do with the victory in this case. Yeah. We have a lot of good attorneys here, and they do a lot of good work. We're very proud of what they do. Kelly, we are not alone in this work, not just us here in the building working together, but people all over the country make this happen. And I just want to give you a chance to share your heart with the people who supported us because of this case and who made this possible. This Supreme Court victory is not just ours. It belongs to all of us. Oh, yeah. This is this is a team effort, and uh, I mean, I I had a lot of people send me text messages saying congratulations, and to every person who said that, I, these are all people who are supporters of First Liberty. I said, thank you for being a part of making this happen, because they are. Uh, I mean, we are changing the future of the country, and when I say we, I mean all of us together. Um, we could never do what we do without the supporters who are praying for us, are sending money. And I know I, I've rarely talked to any supporter who has not been praying for this case and the Coach Kennedy case. Yeah. I mean, it's on everybody. It's on my prayer list. Yeah. It's on everybody else. So this is a victory for all of us. And so I, I just can't thank uh, our supporters enough. This is an exciting time. But I just think it's the beginning. I, I, I think we've got a court that's ready to follow the Constitution. Religious freedom is really being opened up and back to the founding in ways we haven't seen, but we're just at the beginning. And so I, I think some incredible things are to come. We've got three cases on our way to the Supreme Court here very soon that could be big ones in the future. So thank you, stay involved. I, I think uh, it's an exciting time to be fighting for religious freedom. And just a final thought, we have this case, we also have Coach Kennedy's case at the Supreme Court in the same session. When you started this work back at the beginning, did you ever think that was even possible? No, my, my goal, I sat down with my wife and I said, you know, one of my goals is to go see a really good Supreme Court case <laughs> argument. <laughs> and, yeah. and this was, uh, I think within months, the Supreme Court took the first case that I ever had at the Supreme Court. Yeah. And so, but I mean, what happened right now, two cases at the Supreme Court waiting for two religious liberty decisions to be handed down. There was no group in the country that had two cases sitting at the Supreme Court. I mean, this is a move of God, uh, just incredible grace and favor that we've been shown to be able to be a part. Uh, I mean, when that decision came out uh, on, uh, you know, the, the Carson case that we just talked about, one of the things I thought of is, Lord, how cool is this that our name is going to be in that case book from now on? Not because we're proud of us, but what a privilege that you allowed us to even be a part of this. Yeah. And every supporter who's touched this with their prayers, their support, they should feel the same way. I mean, their name is in that case book, uh, and their fingerprints are on that case. Uh, it, it's truly amazing what God is allowing us to be a part of right now. I am humbled and grateful to get to be part of this and work alongside you, and I am deeply thankful for the work that you've done uh, reliably, diligently, and compassionately for so many years. You have made a difference, and thank you for that. Well, thank you, Stuart. All right, and thank you. It, Thank you for being such a vital part of this work. Uh, we're actively involved in many, many cases right now. These are just the headlines that we're sharing with you as we talk about these. Some of the other cases we're working on may very well end up at the Supreme Court as well. 
and that's in the future. And that's why if you'd like to join us in that fight, we want to give you the opportunity to just look for the big red donate button on any of our websites, firstliberty.org or firstlibertylive.com, uh, and you can join us and be part of that as well. And then your name will also, in a, in a metaphorical sense, be in those decisions in the future when they come down. Thank you in advance for doing that. You know, First Liberty is the last line of defense and the greatest hope for victory.